This is a show for the leaders of tomorrow. You're listening to stories of innovators creating groundbreaking technology and change makers that are shaping the way we live our lives. I'm your host Hussain and you're joining me while we're peeking into the future. Welcome to the Spark Podcast. Welcome to the Spark Podcast. Our guest today is a professor at the Department of Energy Science and Engineering at IIT Bombay. Besides from teaching, he's an innovator, an entrepreneur, and has authored several books on solar energy, with over a hundred research papers published in international journals. He's known for his remarkable work in India's growth towards a sustainable future, and has been leading the chain since over two decades. Please welcome Professor Chetan Singh Solanki to the Spark Podcast. Thank you, and uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. Pastolanki, you started your journey two decades ago, and you've been propagating renewable energy at IIT since 2004. How do you define your vision for a sustainable India? Well, I mean, uh, the whole thing is a dynamic in nature, and uh, what was true 20 years ago is not true today, and will not be true tomorrow. So, I believe that India has a unique opportunity that uh, you know we we spend about 35 percent of our foreign exchange in importing energy. so because of uh, you know good amount of sunlight india has a unique opportunity to actually have a, a focus on a distributed generation which will not only will take care of the problem of energy but will also take care of the you know employment jobs make in india skill india a lot of things can happen so how did this journey towards green energy start for you so basically i i come from a small village and um, i always had an idea to you know do something for uh, for the village and for the society in general and especially after joining iit bombay for a masters program um then after my masters i was looking for opportunities to you know how can i probably you know do more research in social science and uh, or join some ngo but i could not get a opportunity at that time you know they thought i am too over qualified so uh, my guide suggested wanting to actually work in solar energy uh that actually once you do a good uh, technology uh, it can actually benefit uh, society in a great way so it's been a long journey for you and you've been involved with many projects including a recent guinness world record that you were part of uh, designing solar lamps as well so what has been the most challenging endeavor of yours difficult to say uh, but i would say so after my phd you know it was it is normally quite easy to you know stay abroad and you you are comfortable you are well paid etc but i always wanted to come back to india and work in renewable energy to come back and get the right institution to work with uh, has been uh, a challenge as well as a great uh, fortune that has happened to me so you've been an inspiration for millions of aspiring entrepreneurs and engineers but tell us what has been your inspiration <laughs> i would consider myself very fortunate that i come from a very small village yet i have opportunity to go to you know most advanced world and you know talk to the most advanced university as well as be connected with uh, with the village life so uh, i think this uh, opportunity that i could see the entire spectrum of the world all in its development of technology people science uh, economics everything that inspires me to you know work and use technology to bridge the gap and and elevate people who uh who are not so fortunate to come them uh, to bring them to the higher level so that is that gap, the difference that i see all the time is uh, i would say my inspiration 
we're seeing an increasing awareness of renewable energy in india where do you feel indian entrepreneurs can find the biggest opportunities today well the uh, the biggest opportunity today in india is uh, in my view uh, is in the off grid market or i would say the the small uh, segment a small power segment you know 100 watt 500 watt a kilowatt or 2 kilowatt these are the solutions which i think are viable today economically uh, but also they are quite spread out across the country so wherever you are there you know there are opportunities for you to set up your business it may be difficult to scale up such model to a, to a kind of pan india level mm-hmm. uh, but if 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 you are a kind of a small entrepreneur or beginners or or mid size i think there is a great opportunities in the decentralized generation of energy uh, for india right sir so when these entrepreneurs or this market is spread out around uh, the country how do you feel indian universities are playing the key role towards green energy future so when the market is spread out the effort ha- has to be spread out which means that there is a lot of training hand holding uh that would require and uh, indian universities are playing and will have to play a major role because of this you know development of solar energy solutions and adoption of solar energy solutions uh is all together it has to work you know it, it is not that you have the solution and it will just spread out uh, because if you look at the government and people watch the what government is doing the entire focus of the government is large centralized power generation correct which is actually not the the best and the most intelligent way of using uh, solar energy and therefore uh, this understanding that how and which segment to focus and what skill to focus is not very clear uh, in my understanding in the universities right what according to you is the right way to adapt to solar right now since you said the government's focus on large scale projects but yeah. on the contrary we should rather focus on the microeconomics of it what do right. you think how and how do you think the university should adapt So the first thing university should do is they themselves adopt to you know solar solutions you know so is your campus fully solar powered or partially solar powered are you doing all kind of uh, opportunities that is available and that nothing can be better demonstration and encouragement to a student who is living and studying in a campus which is running itself solar powered mm-hmm. university is not being a very intensive power consumers Uh, it is quite feasible today uh, with the cost reduction that actually you can do you can run your campuses on solar power be the best example use that as an opportunity to train your own student and uh, you know make that as a base uh, for you know further scaling Mm-hmm. Professor, you speak highly about rural markets in India, and there are a lot of inventors and innovators that are coming up with new ways to solve multitudes of problems. But mm-hmm. somewhere down the line, many inventors aren't able to capitalize on their invention. At what stage do you feel award-winning innovations are failing in the process of commercialization? See, I mean, uh, so there are, as I say again, the, for any solution to be successful, it is not the invention or the technology alone that becomes uh, parameters to be successful or not successful right mm-hmm. so and especially when you go to the rural market there are other challenges you know other challenges to reaching to customer the challenges to provide service in time and the challenge that that service should not be expensive also so i believe that uh, the technology in such a case plays a role of let's say 10 to 20% of in this success however there are other parameters of the Uh, the finance the services uh, after sale services the connectivity the reach uh, to that market also plays a very important role and that's why the invention probably even though they are beautiful invention 
probably we probably will not reach to that level so we're failing at financing the products we're failing at uh, marketing or reaching to the right consumers we're failing at also supply chain so where do we need disruption in what sector do we need disruption to ensure adoption of green energy the capitalist mode of scaling up probably will not work here you know because mm-hmm. a very different ball game so when it comes to scaling up do you uh, so there is no way a uh, uh, entrepreneur in tamil nadu will you know provide services to you know let's jammu and srinagar so that uh, service provider in jammu and srinagar has to be local in order to be cost effective and quick and therefore i think uh, it's a very different ball game and uh, and i would i would actually go one step further and say that look it should not be mass production but the production by masses is what is required and i think uh, when it comes to the fulfilling renewable energy or our energy needs without uh, affecting the environment i think that statement is you know right on this on the uh, on the target and therefore the business model if you think of a capitalistic way of kind of scaling up probably is not going to work and it has to be a localized solution that uh, in all my projects i keep talking about it that how localization makes it uh, quicker and more cost effective and nobody else can actually compete to that local person uh, when it comes to these two parameters but professor when when it's at such a local stage aren't we running into uh, the risk of substandard quality installation substandard quality products since there's no large scale at least quality checks on these plants very good question but that is where the beauty of the solution has to be mm-hmm. uh, that and I, i keep saying that it's not that it has to be local but it has to meet the global standard as well anybody who can bring the benefit of being global and being local on the table together i think will be the winner professor lucky just one off topic question since you said that so will we ever get to the stage where a consumer looks at the looks at a car or a solar panel in the same way and says a solar panel is also helping me in my daily life so is this car or any other product for the matter of fact great and i am thank you for asking this question uh a very very interesting and important question world has to be 100% renewable or net carbon zero by 2050 you know just 31 32 years from now now that is a really huge huge target and if renewable so- solutions are not looked at as you look at the car i think people will pay the price so mm-hmm. uh, people have to understand sooner or later that look i mean this is another commodity product uh, the way you buy your car and refrigerator same thing you can buy your solar power and generate your own power Mm-hmm. i think that message has to you know really go spread out faster so with a solid vision for a future we're hoping to switch to 100% renewable energy by 2050 so with this growth of renewable energy and being energy independent to what extent to electric utility companies risk losing their markets and can we safely say that they might become the biggest roadblocks to energy adoption <laughs> my belief is that uh, they wouldn't like to you know uh, switch people on renewable energy because and particularly the people who are uh, in the cities for example because these are the customer who are paying the higher tariffs and they do not want them to switch on however i would say that there is a win win uh, particularly when you go to the remote area where the utilities also lose money by supplying power to them because they are not able to recover fully Mm-hmm. so when you go to the remote locations uh, i would say that let's say bottom 10 20 30% of population the utilities will be happy that those people become off grid the government should be happy because the kind of infrastructure that is required to supply the power at the remotest corner is ex- extremely high the mm-hmm. kind of maintenance that is required is very high 
so i think when it comes to the you know uh, remote rural market or the small market that i was referring to i i don't think the utilities will bother about it but when it comes to the uh, urban market and the uh, in industries who pay the higher tariff i think utilities would not like uh, that to happen but do you think that could also set a wrong example for rural india so the wrong example will become definitely wrong if we give them renewable energy solution which is not as good in terms of the quality and reliability as the urban supply then definitely okay. i would mind it but if mm-hmm. i can make my systems which is 24 by 7 reliable and maybe better than the grid solution in a remote area because we know that though the grid connections are there but the uh, the variation in the voltage and frequency still uh, 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 it happens and it is not easy uh, to be you know solve that problem mm-hmm. but on the other end the solar solution can actually make the power quality better and reliable and can be 24 by 7 then nobody should mind it professor lucky from the government side especially we're seeing a lot of focus towards propelling the growth but mm-hmm. what we're also seeing in some states like tamil nadu is the rise of curtailment rate there's an oversupply of energy <laughs> by solar and we're not able to utilize that power generated resulting in the wastage so why mm-hmm. is there a disconnect between the efforts of the government to generate and ensure the usage of it thereof the approach by which the government is trying to adopt renewable energy may may not be you know 100% correct in my view in the sense that look i mean the, the beauty of renewable energy technologies are they they can be you know distributed in nature and they can actually try to fulfill the local load and all but when you try to centralize and that to the wind energy which actually greatly fluctuates you know the, the power output of a wind turbine will be cube of a velocity mm-hmm. which means the fluctuations in the power output is a way too high uh, as compared to the solar energy uh, fluctuations and therefore uh, you definitely will run into problem what tamil nadu is running into so we've seen the implementation of the green energy corridor which would connect states that are rich in renewable energy resources to the ones that are lacking but the progress on the green energy corridor has been very slow in fact there were reports that were underfunding this project so mm-hmm. with the existing grid infrastructure how far can we go before our own grid can't handle production maybe around uh, 15 to 20% of power Uh, that the current uh, uh, you know grid can carry you can add on to that uh, with the renewable energy uh, but not more than that you know imagine that india has already been growing significantly its power production uh, and the infrastructure for the you know carrying that power probably is not you know catching up that fast so i i would say that they are already kind of quite up to their capacity and maybe another 15 20% capacity is what uh, you can add safely without uh, getting into trouble Right, so are we faster than the pace that we should be at? Since there is a lot of adoption, but we're not focusing on the usage. Correct. So you know, you need complete solution in mind. You know, so of course you need to worry about resource, then you have to worry about technology, then you have to worry about the generation of the power. But at the same time, you should also worry about the transmission of power. You should also worry about the distribution of power. So everything has to go hand in hand. When I say that. maybe we should focus when it comes to renewable energy technologies maybe we should focus on a decentralized generation because all this thing become very simple problems then you know? the generation utilization the transmission and the utilization actually is quite simple when you go off grid and you don't need such a heavy infrastructure uh, to do that now the good thing about the the pv as well as the you know wind turbine is that you can actually install them very quickly but you can't do the same thing with the transmission and distribution network you can't do the same thing very quickly Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why there is a imbalance in the you know the entire uh, ecosystem to be in place in the right time 
and that's why you will see the problems what uh, Tamil Nadu is facing. Right. So when we talk about uh, the government policies and the, and what the government is doing, which policy do you think of the government has benefited Indian businesses greatly in terms of decentralized scale? Well, <laughs> I don't think there has been really a, a solid policy or, uh, or, or innovative policy that actually helped the decentralized generation. Of course, government has been uh, coming up with schemes to you know, partially subsidize uh, the, uh, uh, the capital cost, etc., but in my view, that is not uh, that is not really the innovative. That is not the way it is going to uh, help to promote the that uh, decentralized generation. So, what would your advice be to the policymakers of our country? I mean, look at the example of let's say Germany and Japan. I mean, there are sixty percent, seventy percent of the solar installation are actually the rooftop base, you know, the distribution. Mm-hmm. My advice would be to uh, you know broaden your vision a little bit. Of course, there are targets to be achieved. That's great. We should do that. But, you know, keep reserve some of the energy to focus on the decentralized generation, which will not only will help you to achieve your target, but it will also help you to, you know, achieve many other targets. It will create more jobs than centralized power generation. Uh, it will uh, result in more skilling of people. It is result in uh, the empowerment uh, uh, of the uh, men and women in rural area. It will reduce the inequality. All those benefits, I think, are the inherent to the distributed generation and consumption of power. All right, Professor Solanki, one last question. What is one myth about green energy that you can debunk for us today? Uh, the I think one of the questions that normally people ask me in you know, most of the lectures is, so if I ask them, you know, what are the problems with the renewable energy? And the first thing that comes from there, the efficiencies are low, mm-hmm. you know, which is absolutely not correct in the sense that, first of all, I mean, look at the coal. Uh, if I look at the entire cycle from the mining till the generation, that the efficiencies are in the range of 8 to 10%. The photosynthesis process, which is happening in the uh, in the planet for the millions of years, most of the plant have efficiency less than 1%. The ideal efficiency of solar PV is about 30%, and people are already producing modules at 20 22%. So it's one of the highest uh, efficiency that you can actually think of as compared to the ideal efficiency. Right, Professor Solanki, could you give us one final advice for the entrepreneurs trying to enter the space in India and be the leaders of tomorrow? Well, I mean, the uh, the opportunities are enormous. You know? I don't think many entrepreneurs actually can realize how big is the opportunity. And I think that itself should be driving them uh, to actually find the uh, market for themselves and uh, be a successful entrepreneur. And as I said, anybody who can connect the global and local benefits together will be the winner. You heard that from Professor Chetan Singh Solanki, a professor at the Department of Energy Science and Engineering at IIT Bombay. Besides guiding students, he's also an innovator, a researcher, an entrepreneur, an author and philosopher, and he's known for his remarkable work in the solar sector. He holds multiple awards for his contribution, including the Scotch Environment Gold Award for saving 140 million tons of CO2 emissions. Professor, it's been an incredible honor to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time, and we're honored to host you on the Spark Podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you once again for inviting me to have discussion with you. And uh, I hope uh, uh, it will help people to understand the scenario. Thank you for listening to the Spark Podcast. Join the solar energy revolution and train under experts from the industry. Click on the link in the description to find solar installation, solar design and business training courses. I'll see you in the next episode of the Spark. Till then, goodbye.